Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Tuesday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I am your host, literally Heather. I am so thankful to have you guys back with me this morning. I have not one, but two great Palmetto State Armory deals for you today because they go together. The first is a Blem stripped lower receiver for only $49.99. And the next is a Blem AR rifle kit for only $319.99. In the event that you don't feel like doing the math right now, that's your first or third or tenth AR-15 for only And since this goes out at 6 a.m., you're getting first dibs because I'll be posting this one on Twitter later this morning. So be sure to go snag those links in the show description and pick up yours today. Could be a gift. Valentine's Day is coming up. Find that woman that you love and give her a gun or vice versa. Ladies, if you're listening to the show and you want to get your husband a rifle, here's a way to do it. In what is a disappointment, but not a surprise, California can proceed with enforcing a law requiring people to undergo background checks to buy ammunition. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals panel on, uh, I want to say, yesterday, uh, in a 2-1 vote, stayed last week's ruling by District Judge Roger Benitez in San Diego, holding that he, or I'm sorry, that the background checks law violated the right to bear arms that's protected by the U.S. Constitution Second Amendment. The Democrat-led state has asked the Ninth Circuit Court to intervene and issue a stay while it appeals what officials called a dangerous ruling by Benitez. The image in my mind is Bonta, who's the attorney general, dressed as Veruca Salt from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, stamping his feet and whining, please, daddy government, infringe on their rights harder. Judge Benitez keeps recognizing their rights, and it's not fair. Monday's decision opens new tab was issued by U.S. Circuit Judges Richard Clifton and Holly Thomas, both appointees of Democratic presidents. U.S. Circuit Judge Consuelo Callahan, another Bush appointee, dissented, saying that the state had not shown a likelihood of success on appeal. I said this on my podcast interview with Ron Coleman. If you're a judge, it shouldn't matter who appointed you. Once you don that robe, your political affiliations disappear. Your rulings should be based on the Constitution and that alone. Attorney General Bonta a Democrat, and to put it bluntly, a total and complete walking anomaly with his tyrant meets pearl-clutching pussy persona, said in a post on the uh, ruling that it, uh, he said it on X, he said the ruling meant that the state's life-saving ammunition laws will remain in effect as we continue to defend them in court. Imagine being the person who wants to keep people from being able to defend themselves without doing a background check on them. Plaintiffs challenging the law in court included Kim Rode, who has won three Olympic gold medals in shooting events, and 
the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Chuck Michael, the group's president and general counsel, in a statement said it will seek further review by a different panel of the court and restore the people's right to buy the ammunition they need for sport or to defend their families. California voters had in 2016 approved a ballot measure requiring gun owners to undergo initial background checks to buy ammunition and pay a $50 fee for a four-year ammunition permit. Legislators amended the measure to require background checks for every ammunition purchase starting in 2019. Give them an inch and they'll take a mile. Barriers, constant barriers for people to exercise their natural-born rights. Pay this fee, jump through this hoop, complete this paperwork, submit, peasant. The right to keep and bear arms isn't alienable. That means that no one can take it away from you and you can't get rid of it. Not by a vote, not by executive fiat, not by lawyering in the courts. Benitez's January 30th ruling was the latest court decision declaring a gun restriction unconstitutional following the conservative majority Supreme Court's June of 2022 ruling in New York v. Bruin. That ruling recognizes, for the first time, that the Second Amendment protects an individual's right to carry a handgun in public for self-defense. It also established a new test for assessing firearms laws, saying restrictions must be consistent with this, this nation's historical tradition of firearm regulation. Benitez, in his decision, rejected California's reliance on dozens of laws dating back to 1789 as historical analogs for ammunition checks and said the law had no historical pedigree. Could you imagine looking at George Washington and saying, Tally-ho, good sir, please complete this form and allow us to look into your background prior to you getting your uh, gunpowder for your muzzle loader. Insane. Perhaps, as if they're feeling the blade of freedom descending, the leader of a California secession movement, known as Yes California, said that a national divorce is needed to avoid another civil war. As politics has become increasingly polarizing in recent years, there have been growing calls from residents in coastal-like states such as California, Texas, and New Hampshire to secede from the rest of the United States. Yes, California is currently campaigning on a ballot measure called CalExit 3.1, which would break California into two and establish a country separate from the United States in the San Francisco Bay Area and along the Central California coast, according to the Yes California website. The independent land would be called Pacifica. So far, 92,000 people have signed up to join the campaign through the movement's website. However, it's unclear how many of these people are actually California residents. The movement was founded in 2015 by conservative activist Luis Marinelli, who is the current president of the movement, according to the Yes California website, and Marcus Ruiz Evans, who was a conservative talk radio host at the time. Marinelli and Evans no longer have ties. So right now, we're more working on the concept of a national divorce as an alternative to potential civil war and civil violence in the country, Marinelli said. Our belief is that there's a lot of growing political violence and political problems in the country that may lead to fighting in the streets. 
so like today. Civil War too. Some people are calling for for that, I guess. It kind of cut off there. We're trying to propose the idea of potentially doing a national divorce of some sort to avoid that type of situation. Here, here, please do it. Um, meanwhile, just kidding. I have lots of friends in California. I would like for you guys to stay, please. Meanwhile, Evans says that he's the real leader of the movement and Marinelli doesn't represent Cal Exit. Evans' definition of Cal Exit also differed from Marinelli's. Cal Exit was always the idea of all of California leaving America, Evans said. Rather than just a portion of the state seceding, Marinelli said that Evans left the movement in 2021, but Evans said Marinelli's statement was false. Yes, it looks like you guys are going to be really successful in your efforts considering how cohesive and and put together your movement is. The legality of secession movements has been questioned, according to the Supreme Court in 1869, a case Texas versus White, Individual states cannot unilaterally decide to leave the union. On Sunday, uh, Nikki Haley weighed in on calls for Texas to secede and told Dana Bash that the Constitution doesn't allow for that. I am not sure why anyone would want Nikki Haley's opinion unless they were wanting to bomb another country, but it was nice of them to make her think she was important. Marinelli said that, yes, California doesn't support a national divorce between red and blue states, but potentially there's ways to draw the lines at other places. He explained that just by dividing the country by red and blue states, you don't alleviate the problem of the division between the red and blue in any given state. According to Marinelli, yes, California is also keeping its eye on other secession movements in New Hampshire and Texas. Two pieces of legislation relating to New Hampshire's efforts to secede from the United States have been introduced in the state house, CACR 20 and House Bill 1130. CACR is a constitutional amendment that states that if the national debt which is currently over $34 trillion, reaches $40 trillion, New Hampshire will declare independence from the United States. Meanwhile, House Bill 1130 would create a commission to study the economic, legal, and sociological factors of the state exerting its sovereign rights. Meanwhile, calls for Texas to secede from the United States have grown as State Governor Greg Abbott fights with the Biden administration over the surge in illegal migrant crossings at the southern border. It gets better, you guys. While Marinelli voiced support for states like New Hampshire and Texas wanting to secede from the United States, he warned that now might not be the ideal time. We support the effort of self-determination in general, So if a state in the United States wants to pursue its right to self-determination and have a vote on independence, that's going to be fair and free and conform to the international norms with respect to independence referendum, we would support that, Marinelli said. However, he added, maybe right now is not the best time for us to be hashing out this domestic problem and divorcing the country when we should be mounting on a united front to face global problems that we currently face. 
So you're the head of an organization and movement, but not really because there's this other guy that that is. And you're calling for secession, but you think maybe now is just not the right time for other states, just your own. All of this is checking out. It all makes so much sense. As if on cue, the transitions write themselves. States controlled by the Democratic Party have been driving the middle class away with bad policies for years. But now that the consequences of these bad choices are being compounded by Joe Biden, the harm caused by the Democrats' far-left drift is becoming ever more apparent. In some cases, it literally is making Democratic officeholders cry. Massachusetts sanctuary laws this week forced Governor Mara Healey to close a community recreation center so that they could house migrants released into the country by Joe Biden. I get emotional, guys, okay? Healy said, choking back tears because I'm committed to this. Little kids need to be able to breathe clean air. They need to be able to access swimming pools. They need lifeguards who can teach them how to swim. And they need to have activities. Through June, the Melnia Cass Recreational Complex in Roxbury, Massachusetts will house immigrants who have been sleeping at Boston Logan International Airport. Healy will give immigrants who illegally cross the border free legal assistance, health care, food, and jobs. Children born in Massachusetts get nothing. You will never have this. You will never have this. La 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 la. Governor Tina Kotak declared a state of emergency to address a health and safety crisis unfolding in downtown Portland because of Oregon's decision to decriminalize drugs. There were 280 overdose deaths in 2019, right before the state's legalization efforts. In 2022, there were 956. We've had three years of this law that has not delivered on the promise that voters thought they were getting. This is coming from the Washington County District Attorney, uh, Kevin Barton. Uh, Kotex emergency declaration does not include any measures to get tough on drug users. Instead, she's creating a command center to increase outreach to addicts, informing them of treatment, housing, and recovery services that are available to them. You're never going to hear me shit on somebody who's trying to help someone get out of the situation they're in. Um, especially if it's an opportunity for them to get clean. Uh, It seems, though, that when you just legalize everything and have no consequences, you can not really even lead the horse to the water, let alone make them drink. Um, South of Oregon and California, Oakland lost another restaurant this week when a Denny's that had been there for more than 50 years closed citing the safety and well-being of employees and customers as the reason for leaving. This comes after an In-N-Out burger closed a location nearby for the same reason. Violent crime rose 21% in Oakland last year, and robberies were up almost 40%. Maybe because you don't let your citizens have fucking ammunition. It's pure fear. St. Benedict Catholic Church Pastor Jason Landeza, 
told reporters. You're always walking around with your head alert. Something as basic as emptying your garbage, the 40 steps that it takes to walk from the rectory to the the trash bin, he's fearful for his life. People shouldn't have to tolerate their community centers being closed to house migrants and their downtowns filled with dead and near-dead drug addicts or fear for their lives when they're taking out their garbage. In fact, many people don't, which is why Democratic states such as California, Massachusetts, and Oregon are losing residents to Republican-controlled states. But not everyone has the means to escape Democratic governance. And we are all suffering under Biden's refusal to enforce federal immigration laws. Each of these problems shares a common factor. It is that Democrats think they can manage harmful behavior with generous services rather than any sort of deterrent or punitive measures. In every case, leniency is enabling and encouraging more bad behavior. Until voters elect better leaders, expect more people to flee these Democratic states, and life for all of us will get worse until there is a moral return to legitimate core values. Be kind. Don't steal. Don't kill. Don't harm others. Get married. Fornicate. Live below your means. Make babies. Help your community. And drink water. I get frustrated with our country sometimes. I get super pissed when I see a politician tell me I'm too stupid to understand the bills that have been issued for a vote and that I need them to tell me what the bill says. I become internally enraged at the prospect of a day where I can no longer defend my own life or speak freely. Unfortunately, I don't think those days are far away if we aren't careful. A Beijing court handed Australian writer Yang Hengjun a suspended death sentence on Monday. Foreign Minister Penny Wong of Australia said some five years after he has been detained in China on national security charges. Wong confirmed the suspended sentence in a statement saying the Australian government understands that if Yang does not commit any serious crimes in the next two years, it could be commuted to life imprisonment. Novelist, blogger, former Chinese diplomat, and outspoken critic of the Beijing government, Yang was detained in China in January of 2019. U.S. officials have said that he was held incommunicado for several months until he was formally arrested that August and was charged two months later as a spy. His closed-door trial was scheduled for May 27th of 2021, and Monday's announcement follows repeated delays. Australia is no stranger to journalists being imprisoned for doing nothing more than printing the truth, considering That is where Julian Assange is from and is currently in extradition limbo at the hands of China. Oh, I mean, just kidding. It's the United States. Hard to tell the difference sometimes. The Australian government has consistently advocated for Yang at the highest levels of the Chinese government, and they will continue to press for Dr. Yang's interests and well-being, including appropriate medical treatment, and provide consular assistance to him and his family. Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin confirmed the sentence on Monday, stating that he was found guilty of espionage and that along with being sentenced to death, 
with a two-year reprieve, the Second Intermediate People's Court of Beijing ordered his personal property to be confiscated. Australia has repeatedly raised concerns over Yang's detention and health, as well as having called on Chinese authorities to explain the charges against him and to demand his immediate release. In May of 2021, when the start date of his closed-door trial was announced, then-Foreign Minister Maurice Payne of Australia said Young had no access to his family and limited or delayed access to any sort of legal representation. The U.S. 2020 Country Reports on Human Rights concerning China states Yang was interrogated more than 300 times at all hours of day and night for four to five hours at a time. After arbitrary detention, torture, unfair trial, this heavy sentence is alarming. Maya Wang, Interim China Director at Human Rights Watch, said on Monday, even more outrageous is that Yang may have been punished for being a China critic, you think? Australian Member of Parliament with the Liberal Party described Yang's sentence as a tool designed to intimidate defenders of democracy and free speech. The fate of Dr. Yang Hanjun matters to all of us, he said in a statement. Securing his freedom must be a line in the sand. The Uyghur Muslims wasn't a line in the sand. Or Tibet. Man, I, I can't wait until the TikTokers find out about Tibet. But I digress. I hope their efforts are successful. I hope this man is released. You should be able to criticize your government harshly and frequently. Speaking of China, as things heat up between the United States and Iran with a cat and mouse game of come play in the desert, China's defense minister Dong Jun gave his full support to Russia's war in Ukraine during a video call with his Russian counterpart, Sergei Shoigu. China's newly appointed defense chief and Shoigu discussed boosting military cooperation and coordination as the Russia-Ukraine war drags on. Tensions surrounding the Ukraine crisis have tested the resilience of the China-Russia partnership with Beijing supporting the Kremlin's plans economically rather than openly amid internal pressure. The Russian government released a video of Dong Jun's message to Shoigu, in which he said China would stand with Russia on the Ukraine issue, despite pressure from the United States and Europe. I doubt highly that China was happy that that video came out. In recent years, the United States and the Western world have been isolating Russia. We understand and care about Russia's situation all the time, and we strongly support justice. We have supported you on the Ukrainian issue, even though the U.S. and Europe continue to put pressure on the Chinese side. Even defense cooperation between China and the European Union has taken a hit. But we will not change or abandon our established policy because of this, and they should not and cannot hinder normal and long-term cooperation with Russia, he said. According to a video of his interpreted remarks released online by Russia's defense ministry, the readout of the meeting by China's Ministry of Defense didn't mention the comments about China's support for Russia's Ukraine war. Shocker. 
Dong Jun articulated a vision for the two militaries to enhance strategic trust, expand practical cooperation, and elevate their military-to-military relationship, thereby contributing significantly to the deepening of the China-Russia comprehensive strategic coordination and maintenance of global security and stability. Dong highlighted that the year 2024 marks the 75th anniversary of diplomatic relations between China and Russia, signaling an opportunity to further solidify their partnership against a backdrop of global challenges. China Daily reported Dong's emphasis on the continuous strengthening of strategic mutual trust and pragmatic cooperation between their armed forces. However, Shoigu made it clear that despite the growing cooperation, the relationship between China and Russia doesn't constitute a formal military alliance. He stated, unlike some Western countries, our two countries do not form a military bloc, underscoring the unique nature of the partnership. Shoigu elaborated on the dynamic development of military relations through regular joint naval, air, and land combat training activities and complex combat exercises, highlighting a shared commitment to a robust strategic partnership in defense. Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin downplayed the comments by Dong when asked about it by a journalist. China's position on the Ukraine crisis is consistent and clear. We hope all parties will strive to cool down the tensions and create favorable conditions for the political settlement of the crisis. This position has not changed, Wang said. Oh my goodness. You've got Shoigu using China for sound bites. Meanwhile, the United States is over here fucking twiddling our thumbs while our enemies make friends with one another. Closing out the show with one more international piece of information, King Charles has been diagnosed with, quote, a form of cancer, says Buckingham Palace. The type of cancer has not been revealed. It is not prostate cancer, but apparently it was discovered during a recent treatment for an enlarged prostate. The king began regular treatments on Monday and will postpone public duties during that, the palace said. The monarch, who is 75 years old, remains wholly positive about his treatment and looks forward to returning to full public duty as soon as possible. No further details are being shared on the stage of the cancer or the prognosis. Charles informed both of his sons personally about his diagnosis and the Prince of Wales was said to be in regular contact with his father. The Duke of Sussex, Prince Harry, who lives in the United States, spoke to his father and will be traveling to the United Kingdom to see him in the coming days. The King returned to London from Sandringham, Sandringham? in Norfolk on Monday morning, and the palace says he has started treatment as an outpatient. Although he will pause his public events, the king will continue with his constitutional role as head of state, including paperwork and private meetings. While I know we Americans have our particular disdain for the crown, I will say that I hope the cancer is not aggressive, he recovers well, and his kids do not have to watch him crumble away. I've been there and done that, and it's not an enjoyable experience, 
for anyone involved. So I am never going to say, God save the king, but I hope the king stays healthy. That is your Tuesday edition of everything yesterday this morning. I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please like, share, subscribe, do all the things, and I will see you guys. I won't be back tomorrow. We have Patriots and Petticoats this evening at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time, and we have Book Club tomorrow night. I may try to get an episode out uh, tonight, but it's always hard when I have a show to then go write another show. So anyway, If not, I will be back on Friday. You guys take care and have a wonderful day. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.